rush at so you can hear me. Does anybody believe that the Lord has done it today? If you believe already that the Lord has done something in this house, could you clap your hands? And I mean, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. If you believe you're healed, shout unto God. If you believe you're changed, shout unto God. If you believe the Lord's heard you, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. We serve a God who answers. We serve a God who delivers. We serve a God who hears us. This is church. I don't know what you came to do. We should, you know, every service that we have should be led of the Spirit. Come on now. If we come in here and we have a schedule and we have a routine, it's just carnal. It's just a show. I'm sorry to say it. If you come in here just so you can sit, clap your hands, hear the word and go eat, it's carnal. It's just a show. It's just routine. But if you come in here and you come in the right way and you say, Lord, have your way in this place. We ought to enter in just like the Lord said to pray. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving. We need to come in and say, Hallowed be thy name. But then we need to say, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth, in this service, in my church, in my life, as it is in heaven. I tell you what, the Lord has had His will in this service. And the next step is, give us this day our daily bread. I believe the Lord has a few bites for us today. Just I'm, And I mean, I, I love these kinds of services. It's tough when you have to preach in these kinds of services. Because you're struggling. Do I just need to let this go? Do I need to say, do I need to save this? Do I need to say it another time? But I told Pastor when he, he asked, he said, You feel like this is you're gonna preach, you feel like that, you know, we need to just let this go. I said, Well, we're almost there already. Some are. And while the Lord has touched and changed and delivered. Already, if you can stay with me for about 10 minutes and hear what the Lord wants to say to us, then there is still deliverance in this place. For those that have not got everything that you feel like you need today, there is still a revival that can happen in you today. And I'm... I'm cautious with this kind of thing because I don't believe in just saying something because I feel like I have to say something. And I don't believe anybody in here thinks that I would. But I believe that the Lord wants to speak to us for just a moment today. And I know you've already been standing. You've already uh, been worshiping. And so if you want to stand for the reading of the Word, just one verse. Just one verse to get into this today. And that is Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Yes, 
It says, but ye shall receive power. This is the Lord talking to his disciples. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. If you believe the Lord can still speak to you in this place for just a few minutes. I want you to tell him, Lord, I receive your word today. God, I thank you for what you've done already, Lord, and what you're going to do. Lord, and I can't do anything but by the power of the Holy Ghost, and I can't make this anything I want it to be. Lord, I am your servant, Lord, and I'm just a vessel in this place for you to flow through, for you to speak through, and I believe that you will, and I pray that we would be open to receive from your word to be made better in the name of Jesus. If you believe it, say in Jesus' name. name. Amen. Clap your hands to the Lord as you're seated. I will move quickly because I just... It's it's hard when you're studying, you're praying, you, you need a word from the Lord, and you have just a few points. Not four or five pages of notes, but you have just a few short, abbreviated bullet points that you can think to write down so that you can try and form a a cohesive message word for the church. But I understand today, just knowing what the Lord has done, why it is like that. I want to say today that I love what we have. What we've experienced in this place today, I love it. I love having church, good church. I love feeling the power of God. I love being able to come in and be delivered and and set free and have what I need from the Lord. I'm glad that I can come in and the Lord will rain down on us, that He he won't shut down on us, but if we come in and we're open, then He's open. And He'll pour out. We can send the praises up, send the worship up, the blessings pour out, the power pours out. I'm thankful for what we get to enjoy in the house of God. And the reason I feel like that the Lord wants to speak this to us today is to convict us and challenge us because there are people who need what we have experienced in this house today. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'll bring it all in in just a minute. Just stay with me for just about five minutes. We are the book of Acts apostolic church in this modern day. The church that we read that was birthed just a few verses after what we just read on the day of Pentecost is the church that we are today. The book of Acts is still ongoing. We are living, uh, we're a book of Acts church. The church of the living God is alive. It's not just history. It's not just something that used to be. The church is alive. But I want to tell you today, to, to exist is not enough. For the church to exist and for the church to be here is not enough. And to have church on Wednesday and Sunday is not enough. And I, I, I would not dare belittle what God has done in this place today, but even to experience what we've experienced in this place, it has to go beyond. And I want to tell you, I'm not dragging anything out today, I want to tell you that we have been empowered to reach the lost. We have been empowered to reach souls. 
He said, but after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, ye shall receive power. Well, power to do what? To be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. It's our call. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature is what he said. I want to tell you today, you want to know what your calling is? Preach the gospel. You might not stand behind a pulpit. You might not pastor a church. But your calling is to preach the gospel. That doesn't mean you're going to stand behind a podium and do it. That doesn't mean you're going to wear a suit and tie when you do it. But your call is to preach the gospel. Your life ought to preach the gospel. If you can't get to another country, then preach the gospel to your world. The people that you see every day. The family and friends and co-workers and classmates that you're around every day. Preach the gospel. What's my calling? What am I called to do? What am I supposed to do for God? What's the meaning of my life? The meaning of your life is to be baptized in the name of Jesus, filled with the Holy Ghost, and then tell somebody else about it. I'm glad you said that. Matthew 5 and 14. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. I preach this kind of thing a lot, and there's a lot, many more points that I can make about it today. But listen, I don't care if you're tired of hearing me say it or teach it or preach it. I want to tell you that when God washes you and fills you with the Holy Ghost, you become a witness. You receive power to become a witness. You receive power to reach the lost with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every Holy Ghost filled believer is called to reach the lost. Visitors, I love you. And I'm not trying to scream at you and be hard today, but I'm I'm just passionate about this. I'm just passionate about it. We've been empowered to reach the lost. God, help us. I've said this before, and I've heard it other places, but if we turn the great commission into the great omission, if we believe everything else and we say, oh, this is all, uh, it feels good, and this is great, and I love Jesus, Jesus loves me, and we cross out, preach the gospel, and we cross out, ye shall be witnesses, it can't be the great omission. Listen, I want to say, you think, you think I, I don't have what it takes to reach the lost. I don't, I don't know, I, I don't have the people skills. I don't have the ability. I, I can't do it. I don't know how to do it. Listen, maybe you weren't, uh, people do a lot of things. They say, I was born for this. Well, maybe you weren't born to do it, but you were born again to do it. I don't care what your people skills are like or what your personality is like. God gave you your personality. God gave you, like Brother Shannon said the other night, God made you the way you are. When you receive the Holy Ghost, it doesn't matter. You receive power. You may not have been born to do this, but you were sure enough born again to do it. You were born again to reach the lost. 
We seem to think, or many do, we seem to think that the early church worked hard and suffered much and were fed to lions and were burned alive and were crucified and and, and were boiled in oil and, and, and were stoned to death just to pave the way for us to just be able to have wedding showers and go on youth retreats. We think that they paved the way and they suffered much so that we could have it easy and we could just get together and and just be our own little thing. Not so. The church, it says, and they continued. And I tell you, that's in the book of Acts. If you believe we're still a book of Acts church, then every day it needs to be said about us. And they continued steadfastly. And every day it was added to the church such as that should be saved. I said this before, Brother Tenney said once um, that the hardest part about having revival in Nineveh was getting Jonah to go and preach in Nineveh. It wasn't hard for God. It wasn't hard for God to move on those people when they heard the word of the Lord. The hard part was getting the man of God to go and preach to them. That was the hardest part about having revival in Nineveh. And I feel like that today sometimes God is saying the, the hard part is not seeing a harvest of souls. The hard part is not me getting a hold of hearts and minds and filling people. The hard part is getting my people outside the four walls with the word of God. We'll only go so far if we're not reaching souls. And I'm, I'm, I'm about to wrap it up. Just I'm, I'm shortening this. Listen, I'm going to tie it in right here. Listen, we, we, we say, we, we say we need revival. We want to see revival. God, give us revival. We think that when we picture revival, we picture lost souls coming in. We picture people being baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. We picture uh, having church in stadiums and having church in the street and all kinds of all these great things that, that we imagine. That's what we picture when we say we need revival. And I want revival. Don't you want revival? Okay, well, a revival of what? Because to be revived is to bring life back into something. Listen, I'm not trying to be sacrilegious here. Listen, the world doesn't need to be revived. The world doesn't need revival. The world needs to be saved. We need to be revived. We don't need a revival of souls. We need a revival of soul winners. The souls are there. We need a revival of soul winners. We need revival here to have and reap a harvest out there. That's almost hard to hear myself say. Listen, I just the world doesn't need revival. 
The, the world needs a revival of soul winners. Jesus said, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. The old song says, everyone wants to eat at my table, but nobody wants to work in my fields. Everyone wants to be an advocate for soul winning. Everybody wants to be the person that stands up and says, reach souls, win the lost. But how many people want to reach souls and win the lost? Everybody wants to be the person that inspires people to win souls. But how many want to lead by winning souls? And I know to some people it sounds funny to say win souls. We're not trying to get people to join a cult. We're not trying to brainwash people and get them to drink the Kool-Aid. I want to see people saved. I want to see people have the love of God in their life. I want to see people in a relationship with God because it's wonderful. Because it will take them to heaven one day. I want to see it because, and we should want to see it because we love people. Not because we want to make them fall in line, but because we love people. And Jesus said, preach the gospel. I had a thought the other day thinking about this. We like to, like I said, the old song, everybody wants to sit at the table and not work in the fields. We can be guilty sometimes of spiritual gluttony. We want to sit at the table, we want to come in on Sunday and we want to eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and experience all the wonderfulness that we experience in this house. And nobody knows about it when we leave. The people that were beside at work every day and at school every day and your unsaved family that you live with are starving to death. And we're just coming into church and eating and eating and eating and eating. You know what happens when you do that? You know what happens? And I'm guilty of it. You know what happens when you just go somewhere and you sit at a table and you eat and you eat and you eat and you eat and you don't do anything else? You get miserable. You can make yourself sick. And you can be saying, I wish that it wasn't like this. I wish I didn't feel like this. You know why some of you feel miserable and feel sluggish and feel slothful and feel weighed down? It's because we're eating and we're eating and we're eating. But we're meant to go out into the field when we get done eating and work. Because the harvest is not in the kitchen. The harvest is not at the table. The harvest is in the field. And it's time to work, church. It's time to work, church. It's time to get into the place. It's time to get into the place. Listen, I said it. Maybe, maybe it's you that needs revival. And, that's, and this message is kind of twofold, and this is where I'm, I'm bringing it in today. Because I want to tell you that, you know, we, we, we often, we... We come and we get in the altar and we, and we want God to move on us and deliver us and touch us because we want to be able to fulfill our purpose. Well, I've told you, whatever it is, your purpose is to reach souls. Your purpose is to be a light. Your purpose is to, is to tell people about Jesus. 
But if you're weighed down and you're tied up with all kinds of other things and and you feel like you need to be revived, it's hard to do that. Well, I'm telling you today that, that there's a harvest out there. And I believe when we leave this place, we'll have a heart for the harvest. But while we're in here right now, I want to tell you that there's revival in here. There's a harvest out there. But for you sitting in these seats today, there is a revival for you in here in this place today. And it's time to work, church. It's time to work. I'm telling you, this is the word from the Holy Ghost for us today. It's time to work. Music can come. Listen to me. The Holy Ghost is telling us today, it's time to work. I must work while it is yet day. Because the night cometh. The night cometh when no man can work. I'm telling you that we have got a tremendous opportunity to fulfill the purpose that God has for us as the church. But it won't always be that way. Because the night cometh when no man can work. We're not always going to have, these hungry souls are not always going to have a church here reaching for them. At some point, the church will be gone. At some point, the church will go to their reward. But I have a hard time believing that I will receive the reward if I have not done the work. The night cometh. The night cometh. Now I feel like this word is for our church today. And I have felt it. And God has done things to confirm to me. And so let me summarize this once more. And you can stand with me. Let me just summarize this one more time so I can pull it all together and you can hear what the Lord wants to say today. We have a purpose. We do. But a lot of times we just we can just say we have a purpose over and over and over and over again and, and we're thinking, well, what is the purpose? As if it's some great mystery. The purpose of the church. Listen, we're going to have fun together. We're going to laugh together. We're going to enjoy things together. We're going to have a great time together. We love each other. Well, we're going to show the love of God. We're going to all these great things. We're going to have good church. All these great things. But the reason that we do what we do is not just so we can be saved. Hey, I'm glad to be saved. I'm glad I've got the Holy Ghost. I've been baptized in the name of Jesus. And if you need to do that today, you can do it. The Lord told us that's the way to be saved. And I'm glad I have that. But listen, there is a world. There there are people. I feel the urgency today. At what point does that all start. There's not going to be one trumpet that blows and says, now it's time to get into the field. There's going to be one trumpet. And when that trumpet blows, the night has come. 
we need to fulfill our purpose. All right? All right? Everybody understands that. The harvest is out there. But what I want to tell you today, and I know that God has moved and worked, but I feel like that someone needed to hear this today, maybe for some clarity, or so God could speak to them, stir something up in you. But there is revival for you in this place. You don't need to be harvested. You're in the house of God. And I know that there are people today that have not received the Holy Ghost or been baptized in Jesus' name. Again, I'm so glad and thankful that you're here. And I love you and this church loves you. And you can have everything that God has for you. But there are some people in here today that God's trying to speak to right now. That You don't need to be saved. You need to be revived. You need revival in your life. You need a revival of that fire inside of you. You need a revival of the zeal that you once felt in the house of God. You need a revival of, of, of that stirring that you would feel in yourself when you come into the house of God. You need a revival of the passion that you had for the things that God's called you to do. And some of you know what I'm talking about today. And so I want to tell you that it is available to you. And that if you need to be revived, it's for you in this house today. Could you lift your hands all over this building and begin to call out to the Lord? And I know that we've been in the altars and we've prayed and cried, and, but somebody still in this place needs to be revived. And God has sent me with this word today so that even if it's just one person, that person can be revived and fulfill their purpose. If you want to, could you find a place in these altars today? If, if you need to be revived, there's no shame in that. If you feel like I need revival in my life, I need revival in my spirit, could you hit your knees today? And lift up your voice and cry out to the Lord and let Him revive you. Listen, this is not me calling you to it. This is God. This is the Holy Ghost trying to speak to someone today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's lift our hands across the room one more time. Just love Him today. Let's thank Him today for what He's doing. What a mighty God. What a mighty God He is. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's all about souls, isn't it? You know, years ago, the Lord just impressed a scripture that I I go back to many times. The Bible says, he that winneth souls is wise. And I began to think about that. And I preached a message on it years ago when I first started my ministry. But I preached about the product of a wise man. Of course, he that winneth souls is wise. So I began to relate how that a company can come up with a product but if they never produce anything, they won't be in business very long. You can advertise well, but if you don't have the product, you won't survive. 
And I'm going to tell you that a church can advertise well. But if if we're not winning souls, we won't be around very long. Hey, just a natural course of time will take care of that. We'll all be gone one day if the Lord tarries. And if we're not constantly refilling the stock, you know, a lot of times they'll come, they'll get, since I get slow, they, we just got a new shipment in. You know, we need to be bringing people in and telling them about how good the Lord is, how much He loves them, how He can change their life, help them, bless them. They, friend, let me tell you, you know, living for Jesus will be the best life you ever live. To know the love of that Savior will be the best love you'll ever know. Let me tell you, your boo thing can't love you like Jesus can. So they tell me, oh, I, can't nobody love me like my man or my woman. Let me tell you, can't touch it. The love that Jesus has for you. Well, you might as well go ahead. You're laughing at it. You might as well clap for it. Oh, I know how we love each other. We, we write the cards, we write the poems, we dedicate the songs. I know how we love each other. But I'm telling you today that once you know that matchless love of Jesus, once you realize that the scripture said, when we were yet sinners, he died for us. And when it says, and for God, for the great love where he loved us, when he looked at me and saw me, lost when Jesus saw me high when Jesus saw me lie when he saw me drunk when he saw me steal when he saw me fight he still loved me and said guess what that don't disqualify you at all that just that's the reason I did it friend let me tell you when you know that kind of love because let me tell you, today we can love people and boy, they can, something happened now. I like them. I don't know if I love them anymore. You know what? You can't do nothing to make Jesus not love you. Or you can break his heart. You can disappoint him, but he will never not love you. You can be a lot of things in this world, but you will never be unloved. You may feel unlovable. You may feel unwanted by people. Let me tell you, but you'll never be unloved because there's one that loves you regardless of who you are. And there is a world out there today that does not know that. There's a world out there today that has no idea that Jesus died to save them. But there's a room full of mouthpieces in here today. There's a room full of witnesses in here today. We are the light of the world. Let that light so shine before men. Come on, folks, it's time to... We invite people to everything there is but church. You know what? We treat church, Brother Scott, sometimes we, we treat church like it's our secret fishing spot. Where do you catch that fish? We treat church like it's our, our, our little, that little honey hole where you, you kill all them big deer at. Where'd you kill that deer? I tell you about my hunting spot. Where'd you get that joy? How come you, where'd you get that, that love? I got it at the church. I found it in the altar. I went to the water. He filled me with his spirit. 
Come on, somebody. Tell them about what changed you. You can't make it up. Don't lie. You ain't got to embellish it. It's as good as it can get. You can't make it no better. You can't dress up salvation and make it no more beautiful than it is. A man named Jesus died for my sins. His blood has washed me white as snow. His spirit has filled me and adopted me. Let me tell you, just tell them about Jesus. Preach the gospel. Be witnesses to the uttermost parts of the earth. You know what that means? There are people somewhere on this earth that you know nothing about and you're nothing like. Find somebody that is unlike you and tell them about Jesus. Because you ain't got to go, like he said, you ain't got to go around the globe. Hey, you just go down the street and find somebody that is so completely different than you. That's the uttermost part of the earth. And tell them, hey, I know somewhere that you can feel right at home. Because in heaven, John saw all races, all tongues, all kindreds, all people. And they were all singing the same song. Salvation unto our God. Our God. If you don't, can't tell, we're a little different <laughs> on the outside. He's got the Holy Ghost in here. I got the Holy Ghost in here. You know what the blood of Jesus did? Washed my sins away, washed his sins away. One day we'll be standing together with a white robe and a palm in our hand. We'll both be saying salvation to our God. You might meet somebody, and they might not know their God. See, we, we want to think, well, he's not their God yet. Uh, the Lord said, behold, all souls are mine. So we just need to introduce them to their God. Come on. Hey, I ain't trying to re-preach you, preach your message, baby. I, that was great, but boy, I'll tell you, the preachers done got stirred up in me. We just need to introduce them to their God. We're all created in his image. We need to introduce them to their father. Come on, somebody. I love you, brother. Tell somebody about Jesus. It's the best thing going. Right? Give him a hand clap and shout of praise in this house today. Hallelujah. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Tell them about it. Introduce them. Hey, if you hadn't been, ever been baptized in Jesus' name, why not today? If you hadn't been filled with the Holy Ghost, why not today? Scripture says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And when Jesus spoke to him about the Holy Ghost, he said, They that believe on him should receive it. When you believe in him, something's going to change, something's going to happen. 